0: Hello and welcome to Speaking Startup, Missouri Business Alert's podcast covering the news and issues important to Missouri entrepreneurs. I'm Jack Anstein,
1: And I'm Casey Murray. On today's episode, we'll hear from Jay Sparks, the new entrepreneurship coordinator at Columbia's Regional Economic Development, Inc.
0: And later, learn about three student entrepreneurs in Maryville who set out to build a business in the midst of a pandemic.
1: Plus, we'll have this week's headlines, digits, and other startup news you need to know.
0: So what are we waiting for? Let's speak startup. So Casey, what have you been up to lately?
1: Well, I've actually been working on a reporting project that we're going to talk about later in this week's episode.
0: Can you tell me more about it?
1: Yeah, the project is about Maryville, which is kind of a small college town um, in North Missouri, and it's about how they're faring during the pandemic.
0: Were there any businesses you looked at in particular?
1: yeah one of my favorite businesses that we talked to was maryville board game cafe and their whole idea is they have this huge board game library and people can come and play all the games just kind of as a fun little afternoon
0: that sounds like a lot of fun i wish we had one here in columbia um what are your favorite board games to play
1: i don't know if this counts as a board game but i really love to play jenga i just love the rush of you know, trying to get that tower to not fall over. Um, What about you?
0: I usually only play board games with my family back home and we're very competitive, but Clue is a crowd favorite of ours.
1: I love Clue. But with that, let's get into the headlines. Our first one today is about St. Louis Startup Accelerator Capital Innovators, which has selected six firms for its fall cohort. The group is made up of technology companies from Georgia, Illinois, Texas, and Canada. As part of the program, they received $50,000 in seed funding, along with mentoring and networking opportunities. Capital Innovators' portfolio now includes more than 130 startups, which have raised over $400 million and created more than 2,000 jobs, according to the organization.
0: Northwest Missouri State University's Kansas City Campus is teaming up with California-based Greenflower Media to create certificate programs in an array of marijuana-related fields. The university will offer these six-month online courses over topics including business, agriculture, and law, related to the state's new medical marijuana industry. The classes will cost about $3,000 each.
1: New St. Louis venture capital firm, Cure8, has made its first round of investments. Launched in 2019, the firm has invested in four startups, including Hungry Planet, a St. Louis company that makes plant-based meat alternatives. Founded by the family behind a meat producer, DeliStar, Cure8 focuses on startups in food, health, and wellness.
0: Medical marijuana is expected to hit the shelves this fall in Missouri, and EKG Labs became the first testing site to pass state inspection and begin operations. The lab, located in Maryland Heights, is one of 10 marijuana testing sites that will eventually be in operation. So far in the state, five commercial growers and six dispensaries have been approved to begin operating, so testing sites were the last part of the marijuana supply chain that needed to be approved.
1: Jack, there's a new face and a key role in Mid-Missouri's entrepreneurship landscape.
0: Really? Who is it?
1: Jay Sparks is taking over as the Entrepreneurship Coordinator at Ready, the regional economic development agency in Columbia, and he's got some interesting goals for the city. Like what? He wants to focus a lot on diversity and making entrepreneurship more accessible in the city. He said Columbia has a healthy ecosystem already, but that he thinks it could expand even further.
0: Wow, what made him say
1: that? Here's our conversation, where we discuss these ideas further. I'm here today with Jay Sparks, the new entrepreneurship coordinator at Regional Economic Development Inc. in Columbia. Jay, my first question for you is what were you doing before coming to Reading?
2: Um, I've been in the food and restaurant business uh, bartender for two decades, actually, here in town. But along the way, that afforded me extra hours in the day to launch several small businesses. I co-founded a tabletop game, board game company, Sparks Games, and co-founded several different organizations and and things like that uh, during that time. Found out a few years ago that meant I was an entrepreneur. I didn't really know there was a word for it and then started going to One Million Cups and and kind of got drawn into the ecosystem a little bit. And uh, when the position came available, I had some people kind of poke and prod me to apply for the position.
1: You say you didn't always call yourself an entrepreneur, but what was it that pulled you to entrepreneurship?
2: I think back then, I, I had a really strong case of, I can do it better, which again, now I, I know is is part of the entrepreneurial ethos. But I would see things, I would see an event uh, be held a couple times, and it would be, you know, there would be redundancies in how they were using their resources or or thing, the event would not be good for the, the end user. And I always just had that that mentality of, you know what, this, this isn't working, and, and I can do it better. And then from there, either hand it off to someone or, or move on to the next shiny, fancy thing that, that presented itself.
1: What is it that you like about entrepreneurship?
2: I, I really like the idea of the self-reliance to me and and the networking T- to me. And I think this is a big reason why this job appeals to me. I loved, well, pre-COVID, I loved shaking hands. I, I loved getting out and networking and, and meeting people. And then knowing that when a problem showed up, I would be like, oh, I, I have the perfect person that can help me bridge that gap or solve that problem. That, that kind of climbing that ladder of, of networking was always very fulfilling to me. And, and now I, I get to transition that into this job where I, I get to do that for other people.
1: Do you have some ideas for what your main goals are going to be with your position at Ready? Um,
2: I, I do. I think there are underrepresented demographics in Colombia that really need a seat at the table. Colombia when things are involved like money or power or, or laws or things like that, Colombia can suddenly seem very homogenous. And and I think we just need to to chop it up a little bit. I think there needs to be a little more diversity and and a few more a few more people to speak for again demographics that aren't necessarily represented. So I think for Ready, for my position at Ready, I'm trying to get out into the community, feet on the streets, pound the pavement a little bit, and, and really get out there and try to make Ready as welcoming as possible for, for every demographic. And then on the other side, I think coalition building. I think, I think Ready is poised and in a unique position where Columbia College and Stevens and Mizzou and the Chamber of Commerce, and the city itself, all of those things are in orbit. We, we called our co-working space the hub, but if, if we can embody that.
1: What kinds of things would happen during your time at Ready that would make you feel like your work had really been successful?
2: Anytime a startup business launches out of an ecosystem, Um, That's phase one. I mean, you you, you want those super vertical, you want Zapier, you want equipment share, you want businesses like that who have come through Columbia and and in some cases through the hub to go and be successful and, and blow up, right? That's what we all want. The next part is if you can get those companies to then stay, keep one eye peeled back on Columbia and reinvest into that ecosystem. You, you have just created the most vibrant, the biggest kind of financial feedback loop that you could ever hope to imagine.
1: Is there anything you find exciting about the entrepreneurial landscape in Columbia?
2: The, the, the academic side of things, Mizzou has so many resources at disposal. Um, Columbia College has has progressed light years just in in the the few years that I've been in the ecosystem. And, you know, Stevens College being here and being a resource in the STEM alliance that that Craig Adams is doing with K through 12. The the entrepreneurial ethos is alive and well in Columbia. There's just a matter of harnessing and, and like I said, bringing people to a point where they want to jump into the bigger realm of it, not just the day-to-day of what they're doing, but that scaling look at, at really taking a business and, and running with it and going.
1: Do you think the pandemic has made your role for businesses even more important?
2: To me, it's it's not so much business owners that my position, my office, my desk necessarily comes in contact with. It's, it's with those people who are out of work and, and looking for or, or struggling, you know, financial insecurity and are struggling with that who, who have an idea but haven't taken the leap. But maybe they think they can. And that's where my office comes in. And especially in, in, the, in the midst of the, the COVID-19 panic, that's really where I focus is, is really helping the individual entrepreneur take that first leap.
1: What do you think it provides for people when you're able to help them get their businesses started?
2: Um, you know, I'd hope in, in some ways. It's a lot of kind of my answer to, to what I enjoyed uh, during the process, that self-resiliency, you know, that, that self-reliance of saying, I can take something on and I can do it. My livelihood isn't based on someone else. And there's something really empowering and really freeing about that And if we can get more people here in Columbia to undertake that, then I think there's a vibrancy. I think there's a freshness. When people talk about the hip towns around the country and you think of like Austin or Madison, I think Columbia has the ability to do that
0: Our next story is another installment from Outstate. Missouri Business Alert's project focused on entrepreneurship in small-town Missouri. I've reported on this in the past, and now, Casey, you were part of the team that worked on this installment.
1: Yeah, as we talked about earlier, we ended up in Maryville kind of looking at how the town is faring during the pandemic. It's a small college town, so they were hit pretty hard when all the students had to leave last semester after spring break because of the virus. Um, And we were just checking in on how the businesses there have been doing. 81% of high growth businesses might take place in large metro areas, according to the Brookings Institution, but there's still a lot of successful businesses that take root in small towns and cities.
0: Aside from the Board Game Cafe, were there any other businesses you reported on?
1: Yeah, I looked into RTS Trio, a startup that was created in February by three college friends. They manage vending machines, a rental property, and an eBay store.
0: That's a very interesting portfolio. Has that startup been successful?
1: The startup has generated $80,000 since February and has found ways to expand largely by taking risks. I worked with reporters Ian Laird, Chris Mitchell, and Maddie Montoya on that story.
3: Thirty-five candy machines, three no's from local barbers, and a hodgepodge of garage sale items to list on eBay. These are what led Northwest Missouri State University junior Kyle Richards and two of his friends to take their fall semester off of school.
4: I was always, like, a had the mindset that I wanted to be my own boss and, like, just kind of pave my own destiny.
3: Growing up, the young entrepreneur sold items on eBay as a source of additional income while working in retail. In February, Richards and his friends Derek Thornton and Dade Sprague put their minds and their savings together to form RTS Trio, a startup that manages vending machines, a rental property, and an expansive eBay store.
4: We all jumped in together and bought, like, 35 candy machines. Hopeful. I went to this barbershop here in town. There's three people cutting hair here.
3: Richards attempts to find homes for his machines.
4: I got told no, 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 right right after each other.
3: Once no's turned to yeses, and their vending machines were operating throughout Maryville, the Trio bought a rental property. Meanwhile, they continued to build their inventory of garage sale items for eBay. RTS Trio is on a trajectory not unlike some of Maryville's big employers. Josh McKim, CEO of Nottoway County Economic Development Corporation, says Maryville has a history of growth.
2: Every small town has some story about a a business that uh, started out small and grew into something a little bit larger. Some of our larger businesses that are here today are only here today because somebody took an entrepreneurial risk, went out and ventured and did something, and it grew over time.
3: RTS Trio took that risk and is showing potential to be something larger. Its eBay store, which generates 90% of total revenue, is growing. The best-selling product? Video games.
4: We know a lot about video games. We play video games. The popularity for video games is only on the rise, so it's a good market that's not going to die out anytime soon.
3: Between its various business ventures, RTS Trio has generated nearly $80,000 in revenue since its founding in February and has found ways to expand amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Jill Brown, who works in career services at Northwest Missouri State University, says the pandemic's persistence is differentiating Maryville's small businesses. It's really started to sort out people who figured out how to maximize the pandemic and those that have just, you know, put a pin in it like, I'm just going to hold and get back to this when it's over. With so many moving parts, RTS Trio has experienced both sides.
4: We were fortunate and unfortunate at the same time with the pandemic.
3: When COVID-19 hit Maryville, the flow of income provided by the vending machines dried up. But with the world stuck inside...
4: It did increase our online sales by almost 100%. Video game prices went up, sales went up.
3: In mid-July as COVID-19 cases increased, so did business. Looking to expand, Richards and his co-founders found opportunity in the neighboring city of St. Joseph, where the owner of video game store Game Exchange was nearing retirement.
4: And he said we reminded him of himself when he was younger. And so we were actually able to purchase out the entire inventory of the store.
3: A down payment of $10,000 on the inventory valued at $80,000 gave RTS Trio's supply a 20-fold increase.
4: Having that opportunity just really pushed what our capabilities were.
3: Understanding customer preferences has helped RTS Trio make sales.
4: For our older items, our demographic we thought was going to be people our age. However, it's more uh, people who are in their like mid 30s, 40s, that are buying the games for like nostalgic values to show their kids or they're collecting because they had them when they were younger. But for game, newer games like Xbox One, Switch, PS4, our main demographic is mainly teenagers.
3: That sense of nostalgia fosters a unique experience for customers. An entrepreneurial tactic, McKim says, is becoming more prominent.
2: Retail's kind of moved toward an experiential uh, atmosphere, and if you can grab a hold of that somehow. Whether that be understanding your customer or providing just a unique atmosphere that, that's different, you're going to hit a home run.
3: Brown stresses the importance of building relationships to entrepreneurial success. So many of the jobs we're going to get or careers we're going to have are going to be because of people who know us and people who know what we're good at. The relationships Richards has built have helped him gain loyal customers from California all the way to Virginia. He's also built partnerships with fellow Northwest Missouri students who helped the startup with marketing. But understanding customer needs, providing a unique experience, and building strong relationships required time, something Brown says is in short supply for college students. According to Richards, the founders spend 40 to 60 hours a week managing RTS Trio.
4: So we kind of decided to take the semester off because we realized we're really passionate about what we're doing and that our career paths are kind of changing.
3: In hopes of turning that passion into a career, Richards and his partners plan to open a brick-and-mortar store with a gaming lounge once the pandemic slows. Richards is willing to take risks.
4: You have to kind of be afraid not to take risks.
3: But they must be calculated. Until the time is right, the trio will continue to sell on eBay and bring in revenue with their vending machines and rental property. Inspired by TED Talks growing up, Richards hopes to use his experience to inspire future generations.
4: I like to get to a point where I could give these speeches to, like, high school students and maybe troubled youth that there's other options out there for them. And if they're really passionate about something, uh, they shouldn't listen to what all they've been told about what's possible, because in actuality, like, uh, anything's possible if you're able to put hard work in your
3: mind behind it. With producers Casey Murray, Ian Laird, and Chris Mitchell, I'm Maddie Montoya for Missouri Business Alert.
1: let's get to the digits of the week, the numbers that matter most in Missouri entrepreneurship. My digit is 1,120.
0: 1,120. That's pretty specific. Why would you pick that digit?
1: Wilson Logistics, a trucking company based in Springfield, has completed the first phase of a pilot program with autonomous convoying technology from the tech startup Locomotion. With the technology, Wilson is creating the first large-scale autonomous trucking outfit. At least 1,120 of its trucks will now be able to drive without a person behind the wheel. But for now, they still require a human to be in the cab. The autonomous trucks will follow behind a truck operated by a human driver, and they're expected to hit the road in mid-2022.
0: Well, my digit is $30,000. Why is that? Biotechnology company BioNexus KC received a $30,000 grant from the Economic Development Administration for a life sciences fund that will support human and animal health-based technologies by providing them with access to experts and capital. The fund aims to create a pipeline of investable companies in the Kansas City area, according to BioNexus and a release. The goal of the fund is to help early-stage life science technology-based startups survive and attract outside investment.
1: And that just about concludes this week's episode. We just need our closing thought. Here's Jay Sparks with Ready, discussing the best piece of entrepreneurial advice he could give
2: everybody's making it up as they go along. I learned that when I was trying to found businesses and professional organizations, I've learned it as I've, I've helped other people and walked with other people and seen their path. Nobody knows the right way and your ideas are valid. So that was instilled in me pretty early in that process. And that's why I don't think I ever had any fear about setting out to, to do things better.
0: That's all we've got this week. This has been Speaking Startup from Missouri Business Alert. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Casey Murray and me, Jack Anstein. Our theme music was produced by Elliot Bowman. We'll speak to you next time.